welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gerald Norman Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm embarrassed. I'm wearing the same shirt and sweater I wore last week. Huh. Yeah, you know, Never and I don't look any older. Speaking of last week, and I, I uh, well, a, a couple things. Next week, yes. Uh, I've talked about corporate. I get, I, I spend part of every day as a producer of the Jerry Springer podcast on the phone having meetings with corporate about a variety of issues. So they now, there is a woman, Melody Gates, who is a, one of the uh, officials at corporate who wants next week, Megan, to have a phone conference on air with us. She wants to go through some notes of some can't past good. shows. That won't be good. I don't think it is either. Because <laughs> I, I was at, notes on a, apparently has oh, listened that, to every episode or well. listens to no, every episode. One of the things she brought up, and it's something I brought up last week, was this uh, thing called unlimited mileage. And unlimited mileage, oh briefly, God, is briefly. an attempt work last year. Is an attempt to set the world record for the number of miles in one week you can put on a rental car that has an unlimited mileage contract. I mean, these are big world issues that we're really facing here. So, Gene, right. I'm excited. I'm glad that we're getting back to this. And so I thought you guys initiated this, but I went back and listened to the past episodes and yes. found the one where this was discussed. <laughs> and apparently you were right. I brought it up. And the idea was to find two drivers who would join me. Yes. I first said, and this is why I want to bring it up again, because I think corporate's going to bring this up. And I'm going to say this word, and it's a slight cuss word, the word hell, but why in the, I'll say heck, why in the heck aren't you guys joining me as the other two drivers? I need three drivers to do this, to set this world record. Mm -hmm. We're good. <laughs> you won't yeah. do it. I'm good. No, you won't do it. I'd love to, but that oh, that day I'm sorting socks. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I'll be busy. I'm helping Jerry sort socks. I, I, <laughs> be, did I tell you I made contact with the Guinness Book of Records? Sure did. They weren't interested. No, they weren't interested. So it I is. found <laughs> no. it's sort of like Avis rental car. Yeah. You know, we try harder. Wasn't that Avis Something. or somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I found uh, a world record entity. Non-Guinness. Well, I don't know, but it's like Acme World Record or something to see if they will, and they haven't responded yet. But I need, I really need you guys to do this. Yeah. This is my shot. I have a real job. I can't. Sorry. I am. <laughs> you know, let's you assume, okay, if we're 73, us two, we're, you know, we're, we're 73. Right. I am going to, whatever time I have left, I'm <laughs> going to take picture. a week of my yeah, life sitting in a car with you trying to establish a world record for mileage on a rental car. Let me sweeten the deal. <laughs> Why don't I? I can sweeten if the deal. If that's not enough. <laughs> Number one. Hold on. There's that's more. not good enough. Number one. This is legacy. Legacy. Number two. Oh, you, don't want, to, you don't want to ruin my legacy. <laughs> I got another one. Yeah. <laughs> the plan is, because when I talked to Guinness, because they said we got f maybe 10 reasons why. We're, the answer is no. Off the top but of we our just heads. Were, <laughs> since we're talking to you, we're curious. 
how would you propose, they said, Mr. Galvin, they're saying it in a British accent, so I understood most of what they were saying, but they said, how would you know, how would we know you, in fact, legitimately set the record? And I said, man, I'm glad you asked, because what I propose, and this is what you're going to be missing, three <laughs> meals a day would be at McDonald's. Why McDonald's? Because they're all over the country on the interstates, and every receipt, I've checked them, is dated and time-stamped. And that is the evidence I give to the world record entity to say, we did this. Can't so believe the, that wouldn't hold up. So <laughs> you would turn down three. No, you, I have think you the seen the McDonald's be, menu? Would you like, be able to break the record before your first heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so question. it'd be close by the fourth day of, of McDonald's. I mean, Fair question. With all yeah. due, re again. Oh, did you see that movie? Actually, the movie was good. Founder. Super about uh, okay. the founder of uh, Ray Kroc, the yeah. founder of McDonald's. I need to see that, though. But by the way, and by the way, we're going to have Jerry talk a little bit about, oh, the healthcare thing goes on and on, and there are some new developments today. Now, again, some people see this live on Facebook Live or hear it live on our live stream at jerryspringer.com. Most people hear it in the archive version. So uh, today is not necessarily the day you're going to hear it but before and we also have Jamin Zyler coming on to perform some music yeah. here for Jamin very talented musician uh, what we call low-hanging fruit people from the tri-state area of Ohio Kentucky and Indiana and he's from our region he's very good but I wanted to ask you something Jerry yeah and Congratulations Megan. on being I know. Welcome well, that to means our local. show. That means local. And he has a worse connotation. No, no, no. It means local. It's somebody that... <laughs> Megan, first, you seem to... You take a cruise about once a month. Is that right? <laughs> once a month, yeah. And these listeners know that you are often not here. You're cruising, I'm as cruising, you say. I'm cruising. Right. And uh, Jerry, I know you are headed off for vacation, and I am too. And yes. we are going... Just to be efficient, you're going to take your family, go one direction. My first wife, Bonnie, and I are going to go off in another direction. Yes. You're going, I think, to like Granada or down to the... Coronado, uh, yeah. Coronado. Isn't that we're something? Going, yeah, first we're going to Disneyland and with Richard, and then we're going Richard to Richard is your grandson. Yes. Has he been there yet? Is this his first trip to this Disneyland? This is, I'm embarrassed to say, this is year four. Yeah. Okay, there we There it is. But it, it, <laughs> yeah. he loves it. We have such a good time. There we spend four days there, and then we head on to... That's uh, fun. It sounds wonderful, and yes. you have earned every penny you have. <laughs> well, I think you have. I mean, no. I've seen the show. I, I don't know, but but anyway, but you, you have think dough. I've earned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Just by it. comparison, <laughs> Megan, I'm going for two weeks. Imagine this to Big Bone Lick State Park, which is 30 miles from here. <laughs> two weeks. 30 miles away from where we are right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's pretty well, pretty weeks. exotic. I am rich man. Poor man. Yeah. I understand why she's your first wife. Right. <laughs> you know, seriously, where we are going to Big Bunlek for two weeks, and but we are going to take a day trip up to I think it's called Salt Fork State Park, which is south and east of Columbus, mm -hmm. where you're going to like this. They have the Bigfoot hike. There have oh, been yeah. big feet. You interviewed or big that foots, guy. Didn't I guess it's the plural of Bigfoot. They have, there have been multiple sightings wow, of Bigfoot. Bonnie is a lucky lady. It's that, well, that, that's a <laughs> yeah. day, Megan, that's a day trip. Wow. That's a day trip. Holy cow. Yeah. 
With me, going after Bigfoot would mean taking Mickey to a shoe store. Oh, <laughs> she can hear you, and she will cut you. No, I mean, we like to shop for shoes. That was not smart. No, Testing, was... one, two. one, two. I think that was worse Somebody... than the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Here we go, there it is. Somebody bring Jerry in here. <laughs> yeah. This jerk with a microphone, how'd he get in here? Hey, let me ask you a question about, on this day, the Senate leader, Mitch McConnell from Kentucky, my senator, announced that, no, we're not going to have a vote on the repeal and replacement of the Affordable Care Act. Bottom line is because they don't have the votes as of today. So there's a lot of developments with the uh, repeal and replace of Obamacare. What are your let me, observations yeah. on it? Let me go in a long circle, but I will end up there. And I'll relate again at the last program we talked about a little bit when I was in England and the response there. And I want to add a little bit to that, to where this political anger we have in America, as well as elsewhere, but I'll refer to the political anger we have towards each other, you know, the division we have in America, where it starts to get out of hand, and then we'll wind up where we do with the uh, health uh, insurance. In England, it's much like here in America, in a sense, that the disdain those people have for Trump, those that do, there's some people who love him, but the people that don't like him, it goes anywhere from mockery to, in some cases, even hate. And in the political dialogue we have, that's part of the nuts and bolts of a democracy. The beauty of this, as angry as we get, and I get as angry as anyone, but we release our feelings about it in a democratic system where we have free speech, we have rallies, we have protests, we sometimes say things that go a little bit far or whatever, but we're not like a dictatorship where we can say these things and you won't be thrown in jail for what you say. Okay, as I said last week, I'm in... England, and they had a big festival there, Glastonbury, which is like our um, Woodstock of a generation ago or two generations ago. Uh, but it, they have thousands and thousands of primarily young people and all these great acts there, these musical acts, and they're in the mud just like you know we were at Woodstock, etc. And one of the guys that got up there was Johnny Depp, just to play backup for uh, Chris Christopherson. They're friends. And Johnny Depp got up there, and he was talking in a negative way about Trump. And, of course, that really went over with the young people because they're not his fans. And then he went too far. He tried to be funny, and he says, you know, I wonder, and I'm trying to quote here because I, I want to put it in its context. He says, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? You know, referring to John Wilkes Booth and, uh, and you know, because he was saying, I'm an actor, and boom. And the audience roared and laughed and cheered and all that. And then he got, obviously, in trouble for that. Papists lambasted him, and even here in the States, I understand, they went after it as well. And then I remember a few weeks ago, Kathy Griffin, who I, who I like, but she went a little bit far with that head of, uh, of Trump, et cetera. Then I even go back to the campaign when, on the other side, Trump was saying in his rallies when 
some of the people at the rally would beat up on a protester and Trump said, go ahead, kick him out of here. You know, we know how to deal with him. Don't worry, I'll pay for your defense, whatever you do to him. It's stuff like that. Here's the problem. 99.9% of us know that the guy's telling a joke or being sarcastic. The problem with this now in this age of social media and everything is immediately worldwide is that among the millions and millions of people that hear you, there are going to be some wackos that don't understand that angry speech is just that and shouldn't be anything more. But those of us who get the microphone a lot have to be very careful. Be as angry as you want to be in your political speech, but never, ever, ever in this society that, you know, sometimes is in love with weapons. You know, you don't say stuff like that. So that should be said. Having said that, we can argue about Trump a lot. But you can't ever raise that as a possibility, because I'm telling you, our generation lived through assassinations. I remember 1968, you know, in, in quick succession, Medgar Evers, Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, the riots in Chicago. I mean, it goes, once it starts, there's no side that's innocent. There's going to be crazies that just do what they do. So we, we have to be careful about that and be conscious of not telling those kind of jokes. It's not funny at all. And the other thing I'll say about Trump, saying we should never say stuff like that, and we can be angry with him, particularly on health insurance, let's say, on where we stand on that right now. Well, Trump, he said all kinds of things during the campaign. I'm going to have health insurance for everybody. You're going to be covered with pre-existing conditions. You're still going to get coverage. It's going to be cheaper than ever. It's going to be the best health system you ever saw. We're going to get rid of Obamacare. Done. Day one. Well, as we now know, none of that is true. But, frankly, he's better on the issue, from my point of view, than the Republican Party that provides cover. Because the Republicans can always say, oh, that Trump, and you know, in private conversations they say, oh, that Trump. But basically, he's more liberal on the issue than the, the Republican Party is. What is happening with health insurance now, for seven years, for seven years, that party, led by Mitch McConnell, in fairness, has said, repeal and replace, seven years, Every campaign, they are saying, we're going to get rid of Obamacare. That wasn't the name of the act, but they just wanted to bring all the negative people that didn't like Obama and put it on his health plan. Obamacare, Obama. You could see the snarl in their faces. They said it. We're, we're going to get rid of it. On day one, we have a replacement. Repeal and replace. And after seven years, they come into office, and gee, they can't come up with a plan. First thing they did is they thought they had a plan, and then the House couldn't bring it to a vote because they didn't have the votes to support it. Then they made some changes. They came up with it. The House passed it. There was a big ceremony on Capitol steps. But, of course, it's not the law until the Senate. 
And now the Senate comes with a plan, oh, this will be better, this will be better. And then today, the day we're recording this, all of a sudden we find out that they had to pull it because they don't have the votes for it. Now, let me say this. It's not because they couldn't think of a plan that works, they're not smart enough. The dishonesty here is there's no possible plan to replace it as long as you insist on not paying for it. What game are we playing? If you want health insurance for all Americans, which means nobody gets denied because of a pre-existing condition, which means that those people who can't afford it, we're going to subsidize because you want all Americans to have it. This is obviously the moral position to take. Forget politics. Just by being a decent human being, why wouldn't we want to live in a society where everybody has health insurance? Do you really think that people of lower income don't love their children? Do you think they are happy with the idea that they don't have enough money to go to a doctor and watch their kid get sick and sometimes worse? Really? So any decent person would say, of course everyone should have health insurance, and of course we need to pay for those who can't afford it. You would do that if that was your next door neighbor. Of course we should do that. Why is that a debate? And not having to face that moral question, they try and say, well, we're going to come up with another plan. It won't have to be mandatory. You won't have to have it. Well, you know what? If it's not mandatory, then no one's going to have insurance until they get sick. If the insurance companies can't deny you coverage, for a pre-existing condition, then why would any sane person buy insurance until they got sick? Don't buy it when you're healthy, because you know when you get sick, then you buy it, and they can't deny it. Well, if only sick people have insurance, there's no money in the pool to support it. The whole concept of insurance is you pay when things are going well. Then there's money in the pot, so that when you do need it, whether it's car insurance, health insurance, whatever, all insurance is like that. And they know that. I'm not saying anything that any person graduating high school doesn't already know. So why do we put up with it? What do you, why do they stand in front of the cameras today and say, we're going to come up with another plan? The only plan that exists, if you want to have health insurance for all Americans, which I believe... If you love this country, then you believe that. Don't say you care about America and then you don't care about Americans. If you're a decent human being and you love this country, then you want to protect all Americans. If there's an attack, you don't say, well, if they attack this state, it's okay. It's not my state. Just don't attack where we live. I mean, that's absurd on its face. So why is it okay to say, well, if these people get sick, it's okay, as long as it's not my friends. So we have to have health insurance. And the only way to have it is to pay for it. And the only two ways you can pay for it, I think the best way is a single payer, to just have Medicare for everybody. 
Will it raise some taxes? Yes. But can you think of anything more important in life to pay money for? Is there any dollar in your family's budget that you wouldn't spend to save your kid's life? You know the answer to that. So of course that should be the first dollar we spend out of any budget, federal, state, whatever. You make sure people can defend themselves against disease or accidents. So that's it. You want to have health insurance for all people? Then you say to whoever your politician is, I'm telling you, if there was a Democrat who didn't support this, they would never, ever, ever get my vote. I would campaign against them as hard as I could. How dare you run for political office and be opposed to health insurance for all our people? No wonder people get upset at these town hall meetings. You've heard the stories just in the last few days of people that are going to lose their insurance now. The Congressional Budget Office just came out and said 22 million Americans will now lose their insurance under this proposed plan by the Republican Senate. 22 million. What's wrong with us? And don't give an answer to say, well, I'm, that's my political party and I'm going to support it. No, not on that. Believe me, if we all agreed that whoever votes for a plan that takes 22 million people off health insurance will not get your vote. We will retire all these people, Democrat or Republican or independent from political office. And isn't it amazing that you could be a politician, you could vote for that, and if someone then couldn't afford insurance and got sick and let's say they died, politician doesn't have to worry about that. Politician doesn't pay a price for that. Politician doesn't lose their job, doesn't get fined, doesn't go to jail. It's perfectly okay. If you don't care about other people, don't run for political office. Don't run for political office. You ought to have to sign on the dotted line, just like you take an oath that you're going to preserve and protect the Constitution. Well, preserve and protect the people of the United States of America. Otherwise, don't run for political office. Thank you, Jerry. You did. You kind of spit all over there, didn't you? <laughs> he gets very impassioned. All right. So coming up here, we have with us this evening, Mr. Jamin Zeiler. Welcome. Hey. So you're the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> so a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. So why don't you play us a song, and then we'll talk in, in between. Is that cool? That's great. Great. This is called Ancient Air. Living on a big blue ball In the middle of an ocean Of galaxies and stars Spinning round and round With ancient air to breathe And we roll ourselves through our lives A gift our mother gives We're fortunate ones But not everyone can see The fragile shape and tapestries A 
honor So we follow our dreams, yours and mine As we circle around the sun Living in our home And there is only one And nowhere else to run We're living on a big blue ball In the middle of an ocean Of galaxies and stars Spinning round and round With ancient Beautiful. So you. you are a singer-songwriter, and I understand mm -hmm. you're also a luthier. Is that correct? That's correct. That's so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I've been a musician since I was ten. My family, everyone in my family, pretty much played music. Yeah. And uh, I got close to a, uh, a Warner Brothers deal through some friends in New York, and that fell through. And I, someone said to me, you know, there's a lot of ways you can make a living in in the business. You know, look at it as like a hand with fingers, agents, you know, whatever, lots, lots of things. And my father was a home builder, and I've always worked with my hands, so I thought, I'd love to make a guitar. No kidding. And is and that one of yours that you're yeah, playing today? Yeah, this is one. It's beautiful. Wow. I went to a school. Oh, there's a hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went to a school in Minnesota, and uh, it was a one-year course, 10 months, yeah. building and repair, and that was in 92. Huh. And I moved to Cincinnati uh, in 93 to take a job here. Got it. And, Where were uh, you from originally then? Uh, originally Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pittsburgh. I moved here from New York. Got it. Got yeah. it. If a guitar is handmade, mm -hmm. just ballpark figures, what's it, what do you charge for a guitar? 4000 Yeah. Wow. Which is it's really beautiful. reasonable for a handmade. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't use... I have one router. I use a lot of hand tools, so it's really very traditional the way I make. And how long does how yeah. long does it take to make one like that? I one can make have. four a year part time because my full time wow. business is repair and restoration. Got it. And so I have two shops at home. I I work out of my house now, which is great. Very so. cool. And you have another song for us this evening, yeah. correct? Yeah. Gotcha. This one's called Luxury. time when love ruled the world there's always been war on somebody's shore I think I'd like to go on holiday with you Drive the back roads nice and slow Do you think you'd like to go? Let all your worries fly Buy a ticket to the wind It's not so serious, you see It's like a simple melody 
Luxury, luxury, love is luxury. Luxury, luxury, love is luxury. Cause I've never known a time when love ruled the world. There's always been war on somebody's shore. You're my cup of tea, something beautiful to share. Like the sunlight in the morn after a rainstorm. Luxury. I'd like to go on holiday with you. Drive the back roads nice and slow. Do you think you'd like to go? Luxury, luxury, love is luxury. Well, I've never known a time. There's always been war on somebody's shore. Ooh. Very cool. Thank you so much. So, Jamin, tell us, uh, tell us where we can hear more of your music. What's your website? What can, where can we learn more about you and your well, beautiful I guitars? Have, I have CDs available Excellent. at uh, CD Baby. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I t have two websites. Okay. Um, I always forget them. I have to look at I've my got cards. one at XylerGuitars.com. Yeah. And yeah. one at Georgia Peach Guitar. Georgia Peach. There you go. This is a peach. It's got a little... Oh, okay. There you go. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Are you on iTunes and Spotify and things yeah, like that I as think, well? I think CD Baby is really a, a great Very organization. Cool. They they put you everywhere out there. Excellent. So if you want to if you want to check his website out, it is www.zylerguitars.com and that's Z E I L E R. Thank you. And thank you so much for being with it's us my here pleasure. tonight. Real it's been, honor. Thank been you a so pleasure much. hearing you. Great. Why don't you take us great. out on a I appreciate it. Thanks down so by much. the riverside. My pleasure. Thank you. Ready? Uh, don't screw this up. I try not to. <laughs> he, can't, he can't screw it up. You're singing the song with him. He's already, he's already screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna lay down my sword and shield Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm Recorded live at the
Old School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.